welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast, Conversations with a Cause, with social entrepreneur Safraz Ali. Saf came relatively late to entrepreneurship after working in both the public and private sectors. He coined a phrase that describes what he does as the mad entrepreneur that's make a difference entrepreneurship. As well as being the author of the Canny Bites books, Saf's business interests cover health and social care, business and corporate events, as well as him being the CEO of Pathway Group, a welfare to work and skills provider. In these podcasts, he shares his thoughts with journalist Adrian Kibler. So, let's join the conversation. So now the time comes to welcome you to Canny Conversations with Safraz Ali. This Canny Conversation aims to bring you a Canny Conversation with a cause. Conversations that will captivate your curiosity cannily. Uh, and in this episode, we're going to talk about brand and, and reputation. So let's uh, start by talking about reputation because uh, I guess that's the key, isn't it, to any successful brand? What do people think of it? I think reputation is everything. And, you know, we talk about people developing their reputation and building their reputation over the years. And it's something that you can lose in an instance. And, you know, we're all familiar with that. So reputation is often perceived and measured in the eyes of others. You know, how are you seen? how you're perceived, what your status is, how people look at you, how people regard you. And your reputation is, in a nutshell, is what people say about you when you're not there. It's your most powerful way for business growth, to developing your career, to bring you more opportunities, to do more, to be more, to give you more freedom, more choice. And ultimately, it's uh, more opportunities. My biggest sort of bugbear to a certain level is that people leave it to chance. They don't consciously think about it and take actions to build and grow their reputation. I think it's not enough to be the best. You have to be seen to be the best and you need to cultivate to nurture that. And don't leave it to chance. It's Don't leave it to, it's not a matter of luck. You know, it's, it's really learning to build your credibility and at the same time being visible with that and connecting with the right people and making your achievements known. In the long term, though, isn't it important to recognise that authenticity has to be at the core of reputation? Because trying to develop a reputation for being something that you're not, whether it's as an individual or as a business, is inevitably, I, I believe, bound to fail. And the problem when the delivery doesn't match the expectation is that leads to cynicism, which I think is the most corrosive of... Um, of emotions. So if you believe that you're providing the best service, um, I think you're saying that, it, you know, you actually have to do it or if you don't, don't say it. Is, is that fair? I mean, ultimately, it's all about trust, isn't it? It's how do you build trust? From a business perspective, it is about performance. You know, so it's about saying what you're going to do and doing it. It's about credibility. It's about giving the results uh, or showing people that, you know, you have delivered results. It's also about capability. You know, it's about competence. It's about knowledge, skills, experience. It's a combination of that, which, which you know, ultimately, you know, we, we club together. Uh, at the same time, it's how you do things. It's your, you know, it's your integrity, how you're seen, you know, whether you're seen as transparent, caring, uh, you know, what your intent is. So these are all sort of ingredients which are part of building trust 
building and growing your personal brand, your company brand, your reputation. It's all all interlinked. Uh, ultimately, it's about trust. Trust isn't about integrity on its own. It's yeah. not just about honesty. It's not just about the intent. It, it is about the competence. Can I trust you to do certain things? What indicates that to me? The fact that you know you can do that. That is about results that you know you may have had. That's about your capability, your skills, your knowledge, your experience, your qualifications, you know, the clients that you presently have, the success that you've had, the review economy. We live in a review economy. What others say about yourself. I think reviews are so important in any business, in any any situation. And we live in a an economy, we live in a world where what others say about uh, businesses and so forth. And, you know, we believe if we read a review, we trust, we on the whole trust it. And we trust that review more so than the person's website or reputation you know, in terms of their marketing because it's authentic. We know it's a per- person behind it and we think, you know, it has to be right. And I think there's a survey which said that 90% people will trust that review. And if it's a positive review, that will influence their decision. And they often look at reviews to make personally purchasing decisions, not just about Amazon, but, you know, you're talking decisions in terms of uh, law firms, decisions in terms of accountancy firms, decisions, you know, using service providers. In, even in terms of our world, apprenticeships, we have a, a directory which has the opportunity for our employers to to review what they believe, what they what our service is like. And these are all things that influence uh, ultimately decisions by the consumer, by businesses to to purchase or, or otherwise. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot of integrity and uh, and I guess the important thing, you know, it's vitally important to do what it says on the tin. I'm going to give you an example. You know, I, I worked for many years in aviation and Ryanair, a very powerful brand. Ryanair would never claim, I don't believe, to provide the best possible customer care. But what they would claim to do and what they constantly do do and deliver on is getting you from A to B, or at least reasonably close to B, at a lower cost than anybody else. So it's not necessarily, is it, about saying that you'll be all things to all men or or all women. It's about doing what you say. And I want to raise something else, Saf, because it it comes out in one of your books, and I know it's it's an area where we've butted horns before. So uh, if I offer you £15 at the end of today and I give you £10, you are going to be disappointed. If I offer you five pounds today and give you ten, you're going to be delighted, or at least pleased. Overpromising, underdelivering. There's a section in one of your books about this, and you, and you say overpromise, underdeliver, no way. But isn't excelling the customer's expectation and not creating too big an expectation, which perhaps you can't honour, uh, one of the most important elements about honesty and integrity and trust. Yeah, I mean, I talk about expectation management. So, you know, if you're deliberately underselling something to then overpromise, then I don't think you're being authentic. You know, that that's an element of manipulation. That's also an element, you know, you go back to integrity and authenticity. I mean, I would be more than happy if a member of my uh, team, uh, a supplier said to me, they're going to do X and they deliver X. Because most people don't. Most people fall short of what they say. It's, it'll be it's fantastic if they can over-deliver, but if they can deliver 
to what they said and just do that. I think that's more than enough because what, what it does is it, it tells us what their intention is. Their intention is to do this and they've delivered this. Yeah. If my intention was to to do more than that, then I should be clear to say, you know what, this is what I'm striving to do because that that then gels trust and the relationship. Because clearly if you're looking to do more, but you downplay it, then either, you know, that to surprise the person to say, actually, you know what, this is what I said, but I've done more, then you're not being completely honest, you know, with your intention. So if you can get that right to say, this is what I'm going to do. These are the obstacles. These are, this is where it could go wrong. And you can manage the expectations on most people in most situations will approve the honesty and the fact that you're open. And this is again, the same thing when you, when you're dealing with people's complaints and customer is dissatisfied, if you're able to tell them how you're going to deal with it and what you've got to tackle and the processes and you deliver that, then ultimately they become supporters because you've told them what you're going to do and you delivered it. And I think in the world that I'm in, I just want people to, say it from their true heart in terms of what their intention is and deliver. I don't want to play games with somebody to say, well, actually, you know what, all of a sudden I've said I'm going to do one, but I'll give them two. If your intention was to do two, then let's be honest and do as well. That's my thinking anyway. No, no, I think that's a very good point. I I think essentially what you're saying is tell them the truth in terms of what you think you can do and sometimes you'll fall short and sometimes you'll exceed, but there's no deception uh, involved in that. And I think that's very important. I in in my background, spent a number of years working with Railtrack, which is National Rail, working on some very big projects, including a European project. And we all knew that when you're talking about big engineering projects, what companies do is that they quote for a project and then halfway through it or partway through it, they say, well, sorry, uh, things have changed. We can't we can't do it for this much money, knowing full well that at that point it's very difficult to turn around and say, well, stop. And that I, I guess that's the sort of thing I'm talking about when people deliberately overstate what they're able to do. Uh, In terms of brand uh, and reputation, uh, I think we've perhaps agreed that they are very similar and not just company brand and reputation but individual brand and reputation are the circumstances in which they can be different someone's a great person you know they're a lovely person to go to the pub to or go on holiday with but they're not a great person to do business with or 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 do you think that the two things have to be in synergy i mean i I see reputation slightly differently i mean as as an example um reputation 19th century england had a reputation Germany for manufacturing has a reputation. You wouldn't call that a brand. Germany has a reputation. Peugeot cars back in the day had a reputation. These are things that we believe. You know, it's 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 uh, it's how we see things. Birmingham had a reputation for making jewelry. Stoke-on-Trent has a reputation or had a reputation for pottery, as example. You know, Switzerland reputation for say chocolates, tax haven. You know, these are the things that you think about automatically. This is what reputation is. It's what people think. Brand is about what you 
market yourself, position yourself, is your culture, your values, your beliefs, and how you positioning yourself in terms of your product or yourself. Uh, you know, so if I if I said to you, think about a drink or a fizzy drink. Ultimately, you you know you may think of a particular brand. If I say thirsty, you know what comes to mind? That's the brand that comes to mind. So when you mention a particular name, what what comes to mind? From my perspective, there's another saying that I've often used, where you know people talk about it's not uh, what you know, it's who you know. From my perspective, you know, I, I, what I say to people, it's not what you know, it's not who you know, it's who knows you and what you are known for. So who knows you and what you're known for? If you're known for a particular thing, then you've cultivated that that genre. They're different things, but yeah, I, I get the fact that people usually use the word interchangeably, and it's the same as you know we've talked about it before. People use the word strategy and goals and objectives, but not knowing necessarily the differentiation. So there is differentiation there, but it's it ultimately we can damage our reputation very, very quickly. We need to be aware, conscious about it. We need to be able to protect our reputation. And when you think about reputation, I quickly start thinking about the legal aspect of it in terms of the law cases that are that have been there where people made disparaging or belittling remarks with the intention to defame you and people then look at protecting their reputation in the eyes of court or uh, there have been examples where I think a law firm recently took somebody to court because they wrote a review online, which was the negative review. And the individual used the word that this is a, a scam solicitor. So because that word wasn't proven, it wasn't proven the solicitors won, but ultimately because they did win, people saw that as a fight between sort of David and Goliath and the fact that a solicitor firm took an individual for, you know, freedom of speech and, you know, what, what his views were. And, and that, that ultimately damaged the solicitor's reputation. They were seen as bullying and, and so forth. So there's a lot of nuances and aspects of it, but it's about being conscious and being aware of, you know, how you perceived in other people's eyes, how you develop that. And it's about how you, you know, how you market yourself as well. There's many facets there and uh, many things to sort of consider and think about. The one thing that's quite interesting, I think, is that we've gone through the best part of 20 minutes of this podcast. And at not one time have we mentioned uh, logos. And I think and I, I can feel myself being struck off the Christmas card list now of many a graphic designer. But brand really isn't about a logo, is it? it, it it's about a set of values and a set of behaviours. And I think that that's, I think what you're saying, Saf, is that that's the case both in terms of person uh, and in terms of, of business. What do you think your reputation is? How do, how do you think people speak about you when you're not in the room? So very, <laughs> so that's taken me back a little bit. Uh, I think. Sorry, I'm not trying to be unfair. No, no, I, I, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. um, I, I think people would would say of me that sometimes I can come across as a little bit odd, a little bit intense. But basically, I, I'm I'm an honest guy that they can can trust, and 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 I know what I'm talking about. So you know, it's not intended to be a, a trick question. I just wondered what 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 you think people might say, and, and what would you want them to say? 
No, no, it's not. It's not, it's not a trick question. It's just that, you know, it's taking me a little bit back because I've got to do a little bit of work here, self-reflect, and I was looking for a for a, for an easy, easier time here. But uh, but it is a conversation, and these are conversations that I'm comfortable having, and and it is part of the reason why we're here. So, how would I like people to to view maybe different to how people perceive? From my perspective, I like I like to think ourselves or myself as a honest, straightforward individual somebody who is fair more importantly is fair is caring is open is open to opportunity open to talking to people is engaging gives people time respect i think that's the key that you know i i give respect in all cases it's not a case of you know this person deserves respect it's given as a given uh, from the, from the start and at the same time you know i'm a individual that aspires to be have some expertise not necessarily the the authority on every single aspect of it but some elements of it I do have some expertise I, I believe that I am a influencer in certain areas uh, in certain niches uh, and I like to get involved in sharing my thoughts my ideas uh, my uh, my sort of experiences and and my views and uh, my insights wherever, wherever possible at the same time individual an individual who has delivered results uh, i like to see my, uh, even though you know at times we don't feel successful i right i like to think that i you know i have achieved a certain level of success and at the same time i'm still a bit of a go getting still hungry uh, still on the journey of growing so humbleness yeah humility hunger and still aspirational and down to earth if you ask somebody what is safra's like or what you know what's what's you like and if they said down to earth i'll take that any day one of the most powerful words i think saf is sorry and i think that you know when a business or an individual makes a mistake as as we all do you know the ability to say sorry this is what's happened and this is what i'm going to do to prevent it happening again is a huge positive in terms of building trust and and integrity because anybody who tells you they don't make a mistake they don't do very much i mean i remember this when i was a long long time ago i was in a car with my girlfriend who's now my wife and and i cut somebody up not deliberately but it was a lousy piece of driving and this car went past me and stopped in front of me and this bloke got out sort of 12 foot tall you know 30 stone and and my wife started to reach for the plastic bag so she could put the bits in when he dealt with me and i i went down the window i didn't open the door i went down the window and he came up to me and i said i'm sorry mate i said that was bloody awful driving and 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 he had it not been for your skill you know we'd have had a serious accident and he stood there for what seemed like 30 seconds and he and his mouth was open he just didn't know what to say and he said well all right well don't do it again and off he went and that's an incredibly disarming word and it's do you agree it's a word that none of us should ever be ashamed or frightened to use i think it's you know people use that word uh, a bit too easily as well 
So it depends on the person's intent and how you say it and the situation as well. It's very easy for people to say sorry where, you know, their body language or their approach doesn't actually mean it. So, you know, if it comes from the heart, if the intention is there and, you know, if you're authentic, then, you know, however you apologize or how you apologize, I think it's important. It's not just the word, it's the approach, it's how you do things. I think that's the the key in, in any situation, people are very attuned to that. People know when somebody's authentic, somebody's honest, or somebody's just doing it for the sake of it because they're, they're having to do it. You know, I've had situations where people have been forced to say sorry. And for me, there's no value in that. It's just trying to win an argument or win a conversation or, or one-upmanship. There's no point in one-upmanship. It's about really trying to understand and being relatable and being authentic. And if you can't do that, then there's no point. No, that's, a, that's a good point. And, and I'm not sure what that gentleman thought, but it, it worked in terms, I wouldn't be here to tell you if it, it hadn't worked. Let's just talk about value in brand and reputation. I mean, is it something that you can put a monetary value on because there are some people in business, I personally think they're wrong, some will disagree, that say you can put a number against everything. Can you or you know, can can you put a a value in monetary terms against a, a brand or a reputation? It depends. I mean, there, there are some businesses that have got an intangible value and goodwill value and so forth. And those are businesses that have built up a loyal customer base. So there's certain products out there that build that and target their customers and, and customers, certain customers will only buy a certain product because it's that name uh, and it's that association. And it ultimately, it's, it's, if you mention a name, what comes to mind, that's the brand and the brand has got a value. And this is why some brands sell for multiples of earnings and it's not necessarily based on their earnings multiple or their actual sort of profits, but it's based on the penetration of the market that they've had, the loyalty of those customers, and how many of those customers are the raving fans and how many of those customers regard themselves as part of a club. And if you can create a community, which most businesses are trying to create, and if that community is one which they associate themselves as part of that community, then of course that has a value. You know, these are things that are not, don't happen overnight and a lot of time, effort, thought goes into it and it, it can be a hit or miss. It's like, you know, often I say to people, it's like trying to create a video with the intention of it going viral. You know, you might say, well, actually, these are the ingredients, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. So even though you've thought of all the ingredients that go in, you can look at others, it doesn't necessarily mean that your product, your company, your brand will get the hearts of those individuals. And if you can win over hearts, which is what brands do, then that has a value. It's not just about the mind or the physical monetary aspect of it. And if you can get that person to win that, win that person over, then I think, there is a value in that. There's, of course, there's a value in that. And just to finish, I'd like to talk about sort of the emotional value of brands because, you know, I don't believe that people buy Rolls-Royce because they're good cars, although I'm sure they are. I think people buy Rolls-Royce because they want to be able to demonstrate that they're rich and, and they're successful. So there's a huge emotional power to that brand. Going back to the aviation sector, which I know I talk about a lot, at one point, 
British Airways went into low-cost operation. They, they opened up a low-cost operator and they eventually closed it down because what they found was that it was actually diluting the, the core brand, which was about, you know, legacy, quality uh, and all the rest of it. So how do you feel about brand as, a, as, a, as an emotional thing? Yeah, I mean, individuals are very empowered now. Customers are very empowered and they look at everything. In terms of uh, a company, you know what, what they're doing, and you know, so again, corporate social responsibility comes into it. You know where they're getting their products, the whole supply chain, and this is where companies can lose sight of all of that. Uh, it's not just about marketing it in a particular way; it's really the authenticity of what goes behind. And business these days, there's multifaceted layers, there's complexities there, and the consumer is very attuned to that. They can get the information. So there's a lot of things that, that look at this. I mean, look at the example with the uh, Volkswagen diesel aspect of it, a brand that been known for, a, for for many years for being innovative, being a leader, being solid. And then, the, you know, it comes to light, the, these, these sort of things. And obviously that's the reputational damage. There's a brand damage that has an impact. And I think brands need to understand the responsibility that they have. Companies need to understand the responsibilities that they have. And ultimately, uh, with any organization, it's the people. And it's the people who can be the liability. And it's it's these people who are uh, entrusted with that company, with that brand, that have got a responsibility. And and their actions uh, have consequences. And people need to be conscious of what their actions are. And this is where... Yeah, as a result of certain people's actions, the uh, reputational damage or damage is done to, in some cases, thousands of other people or multiple layers of consequences. I, th- I think that that brings us nicely to a conclusion because, I mean, one of the things with Volkswagen is it is a very, very strong and respected brand. And if you're a strong and respected brand, then you can get away with making the odd the odd mistake, and that applies, I think, to businesses in the same way that it applies to individuals. You know, if you've got a reputation of doing the right thing and being good, then you're perhaps more likely to to come through a crisis. I hope Canny Conversations is becoming a powerful brand on the the podcast network. I hope that people will subscribe. I hope they'll review, and we'd love them to comment. We're now going to bring this Canny Conversation with a cause to a conclusion uh, to thank our listeners and hope that you catch up at your convenience. Thanks for listening to this Canny Conversation with a Cause. These conversations are based upon the Canny Bites books by Safraz Ali, available on Amazon. To find out more, go online and visit Saf's website, pathwaygroup.co.uk or join him on social media. He can be contacted at safras at pathwaygroup.co.uk. This is a 1386 audio production.